0: Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. So, can you guys please welcome Steve and Wendy up here right now?
1: And God's just pouring out his spirit. And I want to say a special thank you to the worship. Yes. <sighs> Some of those songs were just for me. Some of my favorites. <laughs> awesome.
0: So good. And we love you, Jesse and Jessica. and Thank you so much. And, and, and I, love the, I love the fact of how you pull on people and, and you're not just a loose cannon leader. <laughs> You're not an isolated, unaccountable leader. You are connected, and you are accountable, and therefore you create safety. You create safety, and I, I thank you for that. And it's a, such a privilege to be able to minister here today to have visitors as well. No. So. Well, that's. Maybe fine. Maybe we'll
1: just wait and see. What... And
0: that's. Uh, <laughs> We, we we can work with that. We can work with that. <laughs> hey, a couple things. Uh, by the way, I've got Peter and Melinda Hi, why do want you guys just stand up. They are um, third-year students, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministries, serving our team this year. Great, great assets. Great lovers of Jesus. Great leaders. Uh, restorer of marriages and the whole deliverance freedom ministry and. They they had a challenge getting here. They're supposed to get here on Thursday, uh, and then because of weather factors, they didn't arrive until yesterday. But they are here. Yes, they are here. And a couple things that I was sensing and in, uh, in the spirit that I just I want to release here. Uh, this uh, overflow church, your influence in the region is increasing. It's increasing. You are a regional revival center. And I heard this, that there's people involved in athletics, coaches, uh, cheerleading coaches, etc., that the Lord is going to bring revival through sports teams uh, in this season, and high school sports teams, college sports teams. There's there's a spirit of revival that, that is already happening And on-campus clubs are going to have the fire and the presence of God in them uh, in 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 incredible ways. Um, This is a people within the sound of my voice are key people for racial reconciliation. Key people within the sound of my voice for racial uh, reconciliation. Uh, I heard that... um, somebody is going to get a new idea for an old challenge that there's something that has been uh, a a, a thing that hasn't you haven't gotten breakthrough on for maybe decades the lord is going to give you a new idea on that the somebody once said steve you don't need uh, more money you need a new idea and there's ideas that are, are being released. This is a, there's revelation that's here. And revelation is not just specific things in the word. It's revelations of, of supernatural wisdom for this season.
1: Can I, I, I just had a word for angel. Are you still? Yes. <laughs> um, when you were standing up here talking, I just was getting some downloads that... You, you are just getting started in what you were created for. It's like, this is your season of being released. I see you teaching and, and just bringing freedom to people. Like, I mean, not just what you say, but you're going to carry an impartation for freedom. There's just something that's on you that you're going to see an increase in Amen. doors opening up. Um... And it, it's not just in the church. I see it happening by accident out on the streets, you know. Just people getting delivered from things, whether it's sickness or or depression or whatever. But God's got you on this journey, and it's just going to your healing. Just going to keep getting more and more. Um, yeah, God is on you. So this is your season. Woo.
0: This is your season. Um, in this meeting, people are going to get delivered and set free from fear, depression, anxiety, pessimism, and unworthiness. In this meeting. It's hap- just say it's happening. It's already. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's happening.
1: That reminds me, one of the things I was thinking about during worship is, Steve has a message on repentance that is probably unlike any repentance message you've ever heard. Because he talks about he he can't wait to see the day when people flood the altar to repent for the fact that they thought they were a failure, to repent for the fact that they thought they couldn't do it. Um, Just, you know, we tend to think it's just about sin. But it's really about anything that's keeping us out of our promised land. Repentance is just changing the way you think. And for some reason, I felt like in the room, there's some people that need to repent for the fact that they have such faith in death. Because we're no longer under the the bondage of death. We're under and have received the spirit of life. And that's even for old age. Why do we have such faith that we're going to wear out?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Scripture says where our youth is renewed as eagles. Yeah. And when you think about it, death isn't just a an event, it's actually a law that is at work that everything is wearing out. And the law of life is that everything is expanding and getting better. And so I just felt like there's some people, the key to your youth and some of your health that you've, is that you've thought it was normal because the world has made it normal. But in the kingdom, it's not. And God wants you just as vital in your older age as you are in your younger.
0: Someone say, "I received that." <laughs> <laughs> repentance is not an event, it's a lifestyle. Come on. That's a good word. It's a lifestyle, Because we're not um, done repenting until we have great hope in the area we're repenting about. Because hope but it repents is the, the definitions that change the way you think. And that's where the the, the greatest temptations we face in life is to believe lies. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has come upon you except... I'm not saying that behavioral sins aren't important, but even in the garden, Eve was first tempted to believe a lie about God's nature basically the lie that god's not good god's your problem he's with- withholding he's withholding <laughs> yeah. and, and once she believed that then it created behavioral sins and so the and what i what i like about it is that uh no temptation has come upon you except which is common to man we all hear the same lies we all hear the same lies the lie you are a failure The lie, uh, things are only going to get worse in your life. The lie, your prayers aren't working. Uh, The lies uh, that God will not provide for your needs in the future. Let's just laugh at all those. (laughs) 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 We all all hear the same ones. They're common. I used to believe the lie, I was the only one who felt the way I feel. Yep, let's laugh at that as well. <laughs> I'm the only one. I'm the only one who feels this way. Mm-hmm. There's something uniquely wrong with you, Steve. Uh-huh, uniquely wrong. Not just wrong. I've bought into that lie for a long time.
1: And I just want to say, you know, if it's true that we first believe a lie before we sin, then trying to stop sinning without changing what you believe will probably be impossible. You actually need to deal with the lie that's causing you to do whatever it is you wanna stop doing. So changing the belief, I mean, that's why Romans twelve two says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know, we used to think that you could be transformed just by trying harder or through sacrifice. You know, if we sacrificed enough of ourselves, then maybe we'd be transformed. And I wasted 15 years of my Christian life waiting for that transformation. And then realized, oh, I need to, if I want to do something different or I want to have a different emotion, I have to first believe something different. The belief system that got you where you are won't get you out. So any major change has to be preceded by a major belief change.
0: Mm. Somebody just go, "Mm." (laughs) hmm. Any major change has to be preceded by a major belief change. Wow.
1: He's my biggest encourager.
0: <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good word right there. So, yeah, thank you, Lord, just for just even the power of beliefs. Thank you, Lord, just for you're the author and finisher of our faith. You're the author and finisher of our beliefs. Man, we're excited to see how you're going to finish our beliefs. Just say, I'm excited. I'm excited about how God's going to finish my beliefs. <laughs> Woo! Man, this is, this is exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're, in case you don't know us, we're on staff at Bethel Church, Redding, California. Love Bill Johnson, the, the crew there. Just uh, great leaders, leaders of integrity, leaders of, of kingdom revival and purity and power comes out of that ministry and, and we were senior pastors for 17 years and came to Bethel 2008. We have our own ministry called Igniting Hope Ministries. And we have an assignment to ignite hope. That's our assign- assignment. And with hope comes all joy, comes peace, comes uh, right thinking. Because uh, there's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. Mm-hmm. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's just people who do not have hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Yeah, we, we
1: like to say that your, your problem's not your problem. Your hopelessness about the problem is a bigger problem than the problem. Because you can't have faith for change without hope. And One of the things God told me, because I thought I believed everything in the Word, you know, I'm a Christian, of course I believe all the Word. And then God challenged me, he said, well, do you believe that I'm going to meet all of your needs? And I'm like, oh, yes, sir, I do. I quoted scripture, Adam, everything. And he said, well, then why are you worried? And I was like, oh, do my emotions have to believe it too? I mean, that was a new concept.
0: Wow.
1: But the key was, he said, yes, if your beliefs haven't changed your emotions, you don't believe it yet. Whoa. That's how you know whether you actually believe something or not. And that's not for condoma- condemnation, that's just so we know oh, I have to get it from here to here. I have to make that truth real to me until it actually changes how I feel.
0: Hmm. Wendy's got a great book called Victorious Emotions that really goes in depth in that. I love you. You said our hopelessness about a problem is a bigger problem than the problem. That'll change your life. (laughs) Because we have to ask ourselves, uh, what's the lie creating the lack of hope? because Romans 15:13 says now may the god of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So the moment we believe truth is the moment we get filled by the god of hope. So increasing hope is the evidence we're renewing our mind with truth and not lies. Decreasing hope in our lives is the evidence we're renewing our mind with lies and not truth. So our, our hope level is the indicator of whether we're believing lies or truth. And that, that's so, if, if we, because we don't see transformation by surrendering our heart, we see transformation by surrendering our beliefs. <laughs> Romans 12.2 says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So it's necessary to surrender your heart. We need to surrender our hearts. But transformation comes from surrendering our beliefs. And the beliefs that we need to surrender in the Bible are called strongholds. Anybody know why they're called strongholds? Because they have a stronghold. (laughs) They don't want to go. They like living in our thinking. Mm -hmm. We've been here a long time. We're planning on staying. (laughs) And growing. (laughs) That's also
1: why in that scripture it says take them captive. Because they're not going to surrender. Yep.
0: Yep. 2 Corinthians 10.5 Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So... So when we're seeking to influence ourselves, uh, family members, a nation, it's difficult to influence that which we do not have hope for. And so our our hope level determines our influence level, and he who has the most hope is the most influence. I'm talking, you know, this overflow crowd and people watching online, I mean, you guys are radical hope people. I mean, I can, I mean, Randy, there's there's people here that my mom warned me about. (laughs) You know that? (laughs) And what's so exciting is that you're just one belief away from a tipping point.
1: You know, when he was talking about sacrificing our beliefs, I know some people are like, well, what's so hard about that? Well, it can be easy until God starts asking you to sacrifice beliefs that you think are true. (laughs) I mean, the whole concept of a lie is that you don't know it's a lie.
0: (laughs) That's the nature of deception is you don't know you're deceived.
1: So... When God started talking to us about it, he started getting really personal. And I remember him saying, Wendy, are you willing to sacrifice your belief that you're shy? And I'm like, well, but that one's true. I've got 35 years of proof. (laughs) And then he would say something like, can you sacrifice the belief that you don't speak well in front of people? I'm like, well, again, I've got experiential proof that this is true. And so every time he would challenge me and I would try to argue, and this is what he finally said. He said, Wendy, what you're trying to say who you are, that's not who you are. That's just who you've become. There's a big difference between what you've become and who you really are our past experience has caused us to lose our true self. And part of it's because the enemy wants you to think you cannot do what your very destiny has called you to. I was sure I wasn't a public speaker. Because the first time I tried, I stood up in front of a big group of 20, 25 people And started crying and couldn't say a word. So I sat down and I vowed I will never speak in front of people again.
0: Let's laugh at that. Yeah. Yeah. But that's because the enemy
1: was trying to make me afraid of my destiny. So when we're talking about sacrificing beliefs, sometimes it is a sacrifice. Because every emotion, every past experience is trying to hold you to that belief. You know, compared to sacrificing our money and our time, beliefs were twice as hard. Because I had an emotional attachment to them, and it was scary to let them go. So this journey. It can be a little scary, but go for it. Sacrifice those beliefs as God brings them up that are hindering you and keeping from you from
0: your destiny. Someone just say, wow, 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 wow. <clears throat> Any belief we have that doesn't have hope attached to it is under the influence of a lie. So that mean that's, I mean, when I first heard that, that was very discouraging. <laughs> <laughs> that was really, I, did, that did, I didn't get excited about that. Because <laughs> I knew I'd have to break off the victim mindset when I heard that. Because, yeah, it's like the guy, you know, Jesus talks to the, the man who's by the pool in John 5. He's been lame for 38 years, and he's waiting for the water, the angel to move the water. And, and Jesus, you know, comes up to him and says, do you want to be made well? And, you know, he lists his excuses. Well, you know, the water moves, and people jump in before me, and, you know, I'm a victim. <clears throat> but, I mean, when Jesus asks, do you want to be made well? Seems like a no-brainer question. Yeah, I mean, just hope. But, I mean, the Lord, he, he was asking me in that season, Steve, do you want to be made well? <clears throat> uh, Lord, let me get back to you on that.
1: Because yeah, he's not just talking about physical wellness, financial wellness, you know, anointing wellness,
0: everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, the, and the reality was, is to get well, I'd have to get rid of my excuses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd have to get rid of the excuses of why I am at at a disadvantage. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs> why I'm at a disadvantage. We're all at a disadvantage, something. You know, whether it's financial, whether maybe we think we're at a disadvantage in our physical appearance. Let's laugh at that one, too. <laughs> you know. Uh, or
1: intelligence,
0: intelligence, education-wise, job-wise, family-wise, family-wise, family, wise. family, wise, family situation-wise. Um,
1: we actually used to think, you know, well, it was easy for Bill Johnson to be a powerful minister of God because he was like what five generations of generation of Christians? Pastors. Yeah, we were first generation burnout hippies, you know. Who
0: got saved? <laughs> <laughs> Paranoid hippies, I know. They're after us, (laughs) they're after us, yeah, Uh (laughs) can't trust anybody. And so, yeah, any belief I have that doesn't have hope attached to it's under the influence of a lie. That was like a nuclear bomb. <laughs> then, yeah, I had to break off the victim mindset. By the way, the Lord's freeing people from victim mindsets today. And, and, and He's the, the reason you believe you're at a disadvantage in life, he, he's, he's going after that thing. And he's going to, he's going to, I love it. It says that in Philippians 1, 6, who has begun a good work in you. Paul said, I'm confident of this very thing that he's going to complete it. God's going to complete that thing. And he's going to break that thing off of you. And you're going to arise and shine. Because the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Why don't you just turn to your neighbor and say, I think this message is just for you. (laughs) You know, going after beliefs, and one of one of my favorite testimonies, and we've I've got interns. By the way, we've got Darlene who served me as well. Just wave, Darlene. You know, you're just yes, served on my team a few years ago and did such a great job. And good to see you here. I I had an intern a few years ago. His name was Levi Hug, and it's a good name. And Levi loves to share the gospel, he's evangelistic, and, <clears throat> but Levi, if he shared the gospel with an atheist and someone said they were an atheist, he would move into non-victorious belief systems and renew his mind with his feelings and his past experience that he was ineffective in ministering to atheists. Let's just laugh at that. <laughs> And so he decided to believe something different. Now, one of the the greatest revelations we can get is we can decide what we're going to believe. So he decided to believe that if someone said they're an atheist, it was an exciting moment. (laughs) (laughs) And so if someone would say they're an atheist, he would say these words, Oh, really? That's so exciting. (laughs) Because God always shows up when I am around an atheist. That's what he decided to believe, and he would just speak it out of his mouth all the time. And and so he he was in the UK a few years ago and saw a group of about 10 to 15 teenagers in a park, and he goes up to them and says something like this. Hi, I'm from America. I've got some really... I've got some really good news. Jesus Christ loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And and there's a girl who is obviously the leader of the group. She stepped forward and she said, This, I'm an atheist. Let's laugh at that. (laughs) Uh And Levi said, Oh, really? That's so exciting. God always shows up when I'm around an atheist. And so he's talking to them for a while and he asked them, any of you want to feel God? And they said, yes. And he said, put your hands out in front of you and say, Holy Spirit, come. <laughs> Guess what Holy Spirit did? He came. An atheist girl who soon was not going to be, well, she was probably not an atheist at that moment. She has tears coming down her eyes. And she and the whole group prayed to receive Jesus in the park. Another group got led to the Lord that day in the park. And I talked to a pastor about a month after that day, and he said, that day in the park rocked their school. Someone say, wow. Wow. All because someone said, I'm going to believe something different. What do you think of that testimony, Wendy? I absolutely
1: love that story. Just because, you know, what are the things that we subconsciously back away from? You know, just like whenever he met an atheist, he would subconsciously, you know, withdraw from it. And so changing that declaration of, you know... Oh, wow, yeah, every time I'm around an atheist, God shows up. I was Uh sharing with the leaders yesterday, I didn't like to go out and evangelize. And it was, you know, I just thought, well, I'm not evangelistic. It's just my personality. I, you know, I love the church, I'm all for seeing healing here and, um, Finally, he said, you know, the reason you really don't like to evangelize is because you believe that nobody wants to get saved. (coughs) So my belief system was I could go out and evangelize, but nothing's going to happen. And as a leader, you know, it was no wonder, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to go out and evangelize on Saturday. Everybody show up and see nothing happen. (laughs) We're just doing it because God said to. That's not very motivating. So if there's something you don't like to do or you're afraid of, we have to consciously um, dig into, why do I believe that way? What makes me withdraw from that? What's the belief system I need to change?
0: Yeah, thank you, Lord. Just... um... Just even as Wendy was sharing that, there, there's a there's a new wave of evangelism that's happening in this region. The Lord's raising up evangelists. He's also healing wounded evangelists. And, and there's a whole new creative creativity and power that's on the evangelists uh, in this region. By the way, just uh, I want to get back to, but. I heard this also during worship today, that uh, there's people who are new here or visiting uh, or watching online, there, there's somebody or some people who've been hurt by church leaders in the past, and, and the Lord is healing that. He's healing that, and, and he's, 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 he's releasing a grace on you to trust again and to step in again. And to try one more time. I, I heard that. To try one more time. Mm-hmm. And, and to just... Uh, and even in the process of your own responses to what's going on, the Lord's taking you higher to live by a calling uh, in your life and to serve and to do relationships in, in an increasingly healthy way. And I also heard that you, who's ever th- this is for that you're going to lead a movement of healing people who have been hurt by church leaders. Um, <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Lord. You know, I was thinking, oh really? That's so exciting. God always shows up think about you guys as, you know, we were uh, 2 days late uh, on air air issue. Oh really? That's so exciting. You guys got your plane <laughs> delayed. God always shows up. <laughs> When your plane is late, I know you had some divine appointments uh, as well. And just uh, you know, just as we kind of wrap this up, and you know, just going after beliefs, I was thinking I used to get irritated at worship leaders, (laughs) because the worship leaders would have us sing the same phrase. Over and over and over. And I was thinking, dialoguing with the Lord, Lord, I just want to move on. (laughs) And and, and I heard this, Steve, that's the only way I can get you to say it. The only way I can get you to say something higher than what you're feeling and experiencing is if there's worship music. Did I need something to work with. All you say, uh, all you do is you just use your words to describe your life, not to change your life. Wow. Yeah. Say that again. All you do with your words, Steve, is just use your words to describe your life, not to change your life. I mean, even this morning, boy, we saying some good stuff, Wendy.
1: <laughs>
0: this is how I fight my battles. Woo-hoo! Yes, man, I'm thinking about it. That's true. My faith arose. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Man, I sang that. I said that this morning. Man, I'm I'm surrounded by you. And when I I sang that, faith comes by hearing. And Man, my faith rose up. And I said, that's true. All things are possible here. All things are possible here. All things are possible here. Whew. We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. Everyone overcomes. We sang that this morning. Every, everybody. And so you go on this, uh, you know, this repentance, and repentance is not an event, it's a lifestyle one of the ways we repent is is through what we say through declarations it's one of the main ways to repent because when we speak something higher when we speak god's promises and our biblical identity it's repenting when i say i am who god says i am that i'm loved i'm righteous i'm powerful uh, I am a great communicator. I have a sound mind. I'm the one who God provides for out of his riches and glory. Provides my r- emotional needs, my financial needs, my relational needs. Boy, I, should, I got this clicker. This is where I count all my declarations. <laughs> I carry this around with me. It's a, we got it on our book table. It's a declaration clicker. and My goal is to make at least 100 declarations a day. And just because it's repenting, I, I'm changing the way I think through this. I'm not waiting for you to give me a word. Well, I wish somebody in overflow would give me a word. I say, give yourself a word. <clears throat> give yourself a word. It says in Proverbs 18:21, death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Those who love what? Those who love the revelation that life is in the power of the tongue will eat the fruit of their past words. Amen. And by the way, something's happening in this meeting where someone's going to go on a declaration rampage. <laughs> somebody, I mean, somebody is going to get lit on fire with this, an experiment. And, and I mean, I, I've had people who've done like uh, some thousands of declarations in a week. And, and it, you know, it's... Um, it It's powerful and just touch this thing <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah you know i I love studying about the brain and um I was reading a a <laughs> psychology book and it was the author was a psychologist, but before that he had been a um uh, what do you call it when they like fixed noses and plastic surgeon so he was a plastic surgeon and he would make people beautiful but he got very frustrated because he could make them look beautiful but he couldn't make them feel beautiful so he went into the field of psychology and the one thing I took away from the book is he said what he discovered is that when the will and the imagination are at odds the imagination always wins And if you realize that faith is visionary, vision means you see something. So if you want to believe something different, you actually need to see something different too. Visionary is seeing something. So there's this whole thing about um, if you, because this is what I was thinking. I had a friend at the time who, had become a Christian, but she was addicted to um, nicotine and she couldn't stop. And I was so frustrated because I saw her trying really hard. And then other people would go, well, when when you really want to, you will. But how many of you know that willpower is not an unending source? It wears out. You can only you know, change through willpower to a certain extent. So without faith added to it, nothing's going to happen. So what I realized was, oh, her problem is, is she's willing herself to stop, but she cannot see herself as stronger than nicotine. Her imagination cannot imagine herself free. Can you imagine yourself healed? Because that's what faith is. Can you imagine yourself successful? Can you imagine yourself smart instead of stupid? If you want to see change, you actually need to activate yourself because you have subconscious pictures in your mind, usually based on an experience. And faith comes by actually going into the word. I like to tell people, if the Bible hasn't changed your view of reality, you don't know the Bible. It has to change your view of who and what you are and what is possible. I mean, I don't want to be limited to the natural laws of this world when I'm a partaker of the divine nature. So seeing something different is is part of that declaration. When I come up with a new declaration, I will spend a few weeks picturing what that will look like when it's true. And how will I feel and picture myself doing it until my brain actually believes it can be done. Picture God so strong in you that you walk down the street and people accidentally get healed or you're just, you know, you picture yourself as one with God and that you really are the light of the world and people following you around going, oh, what must we do to be saved? Because you carry something. Picture that unseen realm activated in your life and your Christian life gets so much more exciting if you're bored as a Christian, it's because you're trying to live it as a human.
0: That's tweetable.
1: Yeah. Because even, you know, in First John, it says, as he is, so are we in this world. And most of us are trying to model ourselves after an earthly Jesus. But we're a whole new creation. Christianity isn't about learning to die, it's about learning to live a resurrected life and what that entails. So Whew.
0: <laughs> That's a, a part of the message to rewind and listen to again. because there's something deep in that. When we wake up in the morning, the wrong question to ask is, uh, how do I feel? The right question to ask is, what am I going to believe today? What am I going to believe? And this is a great book here called Declare It, one of my most recent books. And it's got 96 life different areas to know what to believe in. No, no, yeah, what you're... What beliefs to have. Because sometimes I don't know what to believe. Well, if you're like me, what am I supposed to? Like this one, just like conflict resolution, this is one of them in here. Okay? This is what I'll give you some ideas of what to believe. <clears throat> I am exceptional at resolving conflicts in a healthy, loving way that empowers others and restores relationships. Oh, wow. hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what I'm supposed to believe. hmm. When I have a difficulty with someone, I talk to them and not others about it. I am not afraid of tense discussions or conflicts because I have a strong ability to communicate, uh, communicate challenging things with grace and these conversations always bring unity. I always know what to do when there is a relationship challenge in my life. Yeah, I remember I basically told the Lord, I said, God, I'll get better beliefs when things start getting better in my life and I start feeling better. I said, is that okay with you? He said, no, it's not okay with me. (laughs) Because that's not how this thing works. How this thing works is you believe something higher than what you're feeling. It's called faith. Higher than your experience and your feelings. And so this is a great, this is a great book.
1: Just that conflict resolution, just to give you a tool. Um, When we were first pastoring in the 90s, I was, I had an appointment with a lady in the church that I needed to confront some things on because it was starting to really affect the body. And I had that moment a few hours before the meeting and I remember it so clearly. I was vacuuming and the thought crossed my mind, I wish I could be sick because the only reason I thought I could cancel the meeting was if I was sick and being sick sounded more fun than confronting this lady (laughs) and so God's like Wendy why are you dreading that meeting and I'm like well you know why I'm dreading it you know what she's like she's bitter and angry and she's not going to receive what I say and it's just going to be a horrible meeting and he said well if that's your faith for the meeting I don't want you to go But I knew he wasn't giving me permission to cancel. (laughs) You know know how you just know those things. So I'm like, well, I didn't even realize that I had faith in a horrible meeting. (laughs) And he goes, instead of having faith in what she carries, why don't you have faith in what you carry? I'm like, well, what do I carry? And she said, well, he said, y- you carry a mother's heart, a nurturing heart. You carry the love of Christ. You carry an atmosphere of acceptance and love. And I realized, oh, yeah, why is it that we have more faith for what they carry, the bitterness and the anger? You know, why is that more powerful in our mind than the, the power of love? And he said, I want you to go into that meeting believing that she is going to feel so loved and accepted even though you're going to talk to her about some issues. And the meeting went great. It was like, oh, yeah. So that's the kind of things where we don't even realize. We just think, I'm just being realistic. She's an angry, bitter woman. This is what is going to happen. But until we can imagine something different happening in that meeting, we will keep seeing the same thing over and over.
0: Just say my beliefs are going higher. My beliefs are going higher. Something's happening in me today. Something's happening in me today. It's supernatural. He who has begun a good work in me is going to complete it. To complete it. Jesus, is Jesus is the author and finisher of my faith. He's finishing my beliefs. Finishing my beliefs. In this season, I'm going, I'm going to give him a lot to work with. I'm going to give him a lot of declarations. I'm going to, I'm going to, use, my I'm going to use my imagination to see what he is seeing. <laughs> see. And I received this, this message, and I'll never, I'll never be the same again. Amen, amen. Give God thanks. Give him praise. Yes. Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy.